Hello everyone, um, today I am going to be talking to you about how to stop picking on food. Now, a few weeks ago, I put a bit of a poll on my Instagram story and asked people whether they would benefit from a podcast like this. And <laughs> the uh, majority vote was 100%. So here I am recording this podcast for all of you who voted on that poll. Um, so first of all, I just want to say something. I hate it. Massive bugbear of mine when podcasts don't get into the nitty gritty of how to or just don't get onto the podcast topic straight away. So I'm going to make sure I try and do this in all of my podcasts. Um, I listened to a podcast the other day, which was like literally 11 minutes long before it even started. It was just purely adverts. And this woman was talking absolute rubbish. And I was really annoyed because the place that I was walking to was about 15 minutes away. And by the time I got there, all I'd listened to was junk. So I'm going to make sure that I always get, well, always try to get straight to the point. So <laughs> without further ado, let's get on to the point. Um, so how to stop picking on food. Now, just to clarify, I prefer to say this habit as picking, not snacking. And the reason for that is it's absolutely okay if you need a snack. I think something that's been like brought to my attention quite a lot in the fitness industry recently is, oh, you shouldn't snack. And I, I really don't agree with that because for some people, let's say, for example, you get up at 7am, you have your breakfast at 7.30, you have your lunch at half 12, and then you don't have dinner till eight o'clock. Can you imagine going from half 12 until eight o'clock without food, like just having your lunch and then go, <laughs> having to wait literally like what, seven and a half hours for your next meal? I mean, I don't know about you, but I would literally be passing out because I get hungry. So I don't agree with people saying you shouldn't snack. And yes, it can be used as a tool for fat loss, but it's really dependent on purpose, purpose, <laughs> dependent on person and their lifestyle and their preference and what they are capable of capable of dealing with. Like some people are better at dealing with hunger than others. Um, I mean, I know me and Brad, for example, my partner, Brad, we are very different in this scenario. I can't go more than three, four hours without food, whereas he can pretty much go all day without eating anything and then eat something. But I have IBS and I recognize that if I leave too many hours between the meals that I eat, this triggers my IBS. I end up with horrific wind, pain in my stomach, and it's just an awful experience. So I have to consciously eat every few hours. Um, but there, there have been times in the past when I've used um, time-restricted feeding, such as fasting, for example, as a fat loss tool, but I've always made it work for me. You know, I might have sipped on coffee and that kind of thing. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here, but what I'm trying to say is I don't think it's really snacking that the issue, that's the actual issue for most people. I think it's the picking, because if you go to have a snack, it's more of a like conscious mindful thing I mean you might still mindlessly eat a snack but if you're like oh I'm gonna go and have a snack now that's a choice whereas you don't go oh I'm gonna go and have a pick now you know unless you're at I don't know a buffet or something like that so what I'm referring to here is picking and I prefer to label it as picking so if you find that you are you know constantly eating all day on little bits call it picking. It might just help to um, sort of identify the behavior that you've got. So I actually went onto Google and I tried to uh, <laughs> clarify 
um, or identify what the difference between stacking and picking slash nibbling is. Um, so a snack, and the reason why I'm telling you this, because it's just funny, that's all. And I promise you, I'm going to get onto the point in a second. So a snack is a small amount of food eaten between meals or a sexually attractive person. So yes, that guy in the office that you all fancy is a snack. <laughs> Or that person that goes to the gym and you can't keep your eyes off is a snack. Um, and then picking slash nibbling is conscious mindless behavior, which sounds a bit like messed up to say conscious mindless. But anyway, um, or eating behavior characterized by eating in an unplanned and repetitious manner in between meals and snacks. So it's unplanned and repetitious. Um, and picking, so I actually did a little bit of studying on this topic, and picking and nibbling is actually an emerging area in the study of eating behaviours and eating disorders. It is thought that excessive picking and nipple, nippling, I hope it's not nippling, nibbling can lead to binges. And for those who suffer with binge eating disorder, this is uh, very prevalent. So for those people who suffer with, I'm going to say overeating because binge eating disorder is a disorder. There's a difference between binge eating and overeating. And binge eating is um, feels like a compulsive behavior, whereas overeating is a choice. So for those people who um, do suffer with overeating or just got into the habit of, you know, having bouts of overeating where they feel like they can't stop, they can. Um, it's very different to binge eating where you don't feel like you can stop. Anyway, for those people who suffer with their relationship with food, essentially, picking and nibbling can lead to overconsumption of food. So if you're having one of those those days, and in fact, a client messaged me the other day actually saying, oh, you know, I've had a lazy Sunday and I've actually ended up eating, you know, picking on a load of chocolate all throughout the day. And then that led to, you know, me eating too much in the evening. And it's really interesting because if you find that you get into this behavior of picking and mindlessly, you know, going back for more food, it quite often leads into a self-sabotage moment. So it's just interesting to kind of identify that. Um, another research um, paper showed that it's really common in biatric, bariatric, sorry, <laughs> it's very common in bariatric surgery patients who regain weight after surgery. So picking is, is essentially very, very common. And um, it, of course, picking does impact on attempts to lose weight as well. So picking and nibbling shows a loss of awareness. That's essentially what it does. It's not bad behavior, but it's just behavior where we're choosing not really to be aware. Now I coach and have coached a hundred, like hundreds of women who've all picked on food. So please don't think if you're listening to this, you're like, I'm doomed. Yeah, I knew it was me. Like I, I'm the only one that does this. No, like seriously, it's so common. I must like <laughs> the amount of consultation calls I do because I always offer a, a consultation call before I um, start coaching on one-to-one -one clients. The amount of women that say to me, I just can't stop picking on food. I like, I don't have enough fingers <laughs> to, to count how many. It's really common, but I don't want to take that away from you. Like I know how frustrating it can feel. And trust me, I've been there as well. Like I've been a picker. Um, but the great thing is, is it can very simply be, I want to say reverse, but it can very simply be um, 
yeah, whatever. We're going to go with reversed. <laughs> Let's reverse your picking. Um, um, resolved. Ah, so it can. And the way to go about it is um, a few, like, there's a few different tips and tools that I want to give you in this podcast. Um, yeah, so without further ado, I just want to kind of, I always, I love that quote, don't I? Without further ado, uh, who do I think I am? Um, I want to just point out to you the types of picking that I have heard or even experienced in the past before. So you know exactly what I'm talking about because picking might sound very differently and feel very differently to every single one of you listening to this. So here's some examples of picking. Let me think. Picking food off your kid's plate before, you know, before you've even plated it and put it down. During, I've definitely seen parents here not judging and I've definitely eaten off Brad's plate before he's not my child but you know um and after they have eaten especially after I hear a lot of women and men complain about oh you know my kids didn't finish their fish fingers and I hate wasting food so I ate them so you're just picking on your kids food essentially um another example is like just aimlessly walking into the kitchen between meals and snacks to pick because you need a distraction that's a really common one. Picking on like free food, I would say, was a really common one. So what I mean by that is like, let's say, I don't know, Betty in the office brings biscuits in every day. And just because they're there, you, you pick on them. You're not even hungry. You've just had your lunch, whatever. Or it's four o'clock in the afternoon. You've just had your snack, but you go and pick on the biscuits anyway. Um, rushing around all day, I would say, is another another one. Um, so you just end up picking, like you never stop to actually have a meal. You just pick and pick and pick <laughs> like every hour or every half an hour or you don't eat at all. And then you like pick on something and then you don't eat at all and you pick on something. Um, another one, let me think, fighting the urge to rest. This is really common. So common. Fighting the urge to rest. So you pick on food instead. And in fact, this used to happen to me all the time where I'd have one of those days where I was actually really tired and I'd be really frustrated at myself because I'm like, why am I so tired? And I'd be looking at my Fitbit thinking, oh my God, I've not done enough steps today. And then I'd look at like the housework and think, oh my God, I've got all the housework to do and get really annoyed. And actually all I really wanted to do was sit down, do nothing, take my Fitbit off and just watch Netflix and just completely like zone out for the day. But instead, what did I do? just go back and forth from the kitchen picking because I just didn't give myself permission to rest. So picking seemed like a the more logical idea, obviously. Um, so that's really common. Another one, I suppose this is the same as like what I've just said, but like a lot of people always say like, I didn't know what to do. So I picked. So sometimes you can like, something can crop up in the day, like a certain emotion or an experience or scenario that you've just, you know, been exposed to and like you didn't know what to do. So you picked like, for example, and again, I get this quite a lot, not that, not that my clients' marriages are breaking down, but I had an argument with my husband or my boyfriend. And so I went and picked and it's not knowing what to do in that scenario. So you just go and pick on some food. Um, I guess, again, this is linked to that, like feeling discomfort and picking on food because you don't know what to do with that discomfort. Um, let me think of one more. Taking a day off your healthy eating plan or like diet. So like for some clients are like, oh, I'm not gonna, 
I'm not, I'm not going to be good today. So I'll be bad. And then, you know, that will then spiral into loads of picking and then lead to like overeating because they're off plan today. Um, or maybe something's happened in the morning that's like led to them feeling off plan. So like, let's say they've had an argument with their boyfriend and then they've, I shouldn't laugh at that hard. Oh, no, it's not funny. Um, but then they've, they've ended up eating something that they didn't plan to have because they were, um, you know, emotionally upset. They've emotionally eaten. And then that has led to like, fuck it mentality where you've just gone, oh, fuck it. Well, you know, I can't even, I can't even resolve a relationship issue. So I'm going to eat chocolate and then I'm, oh my God, I've gone off my diet. I can't even do life properly. I can't even diet properly. Oh, I may as well pick all day. So like that kind of behavior, that on it, off it behavior. And also just like, Sometimes for some people, it just feels like a habit and you just can't seem to stop it. So if you nodded your head to any of those, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that picking behavior where you just feel like you feel like you've got no control over it, but you actually do. Um, And that's kind of what I'm going to come on to, really. But as you can see or hear, (laughs) none of these things I've mentioned are actual like hunger issues. Well, some of them might be, and we'll come on to that, but most, mostly all of them are like an emotional issue. And this is when you might have heard me talk about or post about on social media about like your emotional fitness or working on your toolbox. Like a lot of coaches say that, like, you just need to work on your toolbox. And like, everyone's thinking, well, I've got screwdrivers and hammers. What else do I need to add? But the things we talk, the things what we mean like putting a pause in place and acknowledging the emotion that we are feeling. And I guess they're kind of like therapy tools as such. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a therapist here, but they do very much um, like complement each other. So having tools in your toolbox just means having like emotional fitness, being able to be fit to deal with emotions. But that doesn't mean that you need to be like super strong and like... (laughs) push everything away and just blank it all out it means like honoring your emotions and being vulnerable being kind to yourself and all of that jazz like actually not just better because I think a lot of people when they say oh you need to be emotionally fit that they might feel like oh that means you need to be like well hard <laughs> and you don't need to be well hard it just means that you you need to accept the emotion that you're feeling anyway going off on a tangent we use food as a coping mechanism like, I've had a great day, so I'm going to have some chocolate. Or I've had a shit day, so I'm going to have some chocolate. And it's so much easier to distract ourselves with food than it is to, like, check in with ourselves. And sometimes boredom is boring. (laughs) And we don't want to sit with boring. If I say to a client, oh, you're just boredom eating, so sit with boredom. They're like, yeah, this is great. But, and you know, food brings us joy. So, of course, like... I'm really bored, so I'm going to eat something. Oh, it brought me a moment of joy. Fantastic. But ultimately, you're going to get annoyed at that kind of behavior. So first of all, what you need to recognize is that you you are picking on food because you are trying to cope with something or you are trying to distract yourself from something. So they're very similar. Um, Some might say they are the same. They might be. But coping and distracting. It's just a behavior that we have to not deal with a situation. 
And one of the things that I really want to highlight here, because a lot of clients do this and I like try and hammer it home to them, that like dieting and calorie tracking is not going to fix this issue. It just doesn't. It might put a bandaid over it. Like if I give you, if I've set you 1600 calories and you have no room for picking, it might lead you to stop picking for a while. But if we rip that bandaid off and say, hey, Helen, you're not going to track anymore. You then might go revert back to that picking behavior because you've not actually dealt with the issue. So a lot of a lot of people will promote, oh, you know, my client doesn't pick or binge on food anymore because they're calorie tracking. It's like, well, no, they don't, because essentially they're just doing another diet that's a Band-Aid. And it's not actually working on the issue. So something I'm really, really, I'm banging, can you hear? I'm really, really um, strongly minded about is making sure clients know that they're not going to track calories forever. They're not going to be on a diet forever. And I want to physically and mentally prepare them for when we take that away. What's then going to happen? Like what emotional issues, what emotional coping mechanisms are you using right now that might lead to, you know, fuck it, fuck it mentality later on, or just feeling like you're doomed later on once we stop dieting, because essentially that's what can happen for a lot of people. They stop dieting and then they go, oh, I'm just out of control. And it's like, no, it's, it's not because you're out of control when you're not dieting. It's that dieting is the control. (laughs) And so yeah, you're great when you're dieting, but what you actually need to work on is when you're not dieting. So anyway, let's get on to it. The thing that you need to understand is the one of the best ways to stop picking is to have an awareness of what you're doing. Have an awareness, you need to pause, and you need to own your outcome. Simple as, right? but putting it into practice is a little bit harder. So one thing I want to really encourage you to do is have an awareness of what you're doing. So the next time that you go to pick on something, recognize that you're doing it. Like that's number one step. And for some clients, like I'll spend three weeks of them just getting them to recognize when they're picking. They might not stop, but they might just go, oh yeah, I I recognize I was picking when my husband and I had an argument (laughs) or I shouldn't laugh sorry but and so on my boss really annoyed me or when I finished work I just felt like I needed to get home and pick on something to break up the day so recognizing when you're picking the next step is to put a pause in place now this is one of the hardest things that you can do but also the most rewarding things you can do because putting a pause in place is essentially giving you space and time to decide what your outcome is. What outcome do you want? What's the next step for you? But choosing to put a pause in place is probably the hardest thing to do because we can recognize, oh, I'm doing that thing when I'm picking again and be like, oh, but I really like this food, so I'm going to carry on eating it anyway. Actually saying to yourself, oh, I'm doing that thing again. I'm not hungry right now. I actually need to check in with myself and find out what emotion I'm feeling or why potentially I'm doing this. I need to step back and take a pause. 
Now, for some clients, I will say, put in a three-minute timer. So I might say, recognize that you're about to pick. So if you've just walked into the kitchen, let's say you've had a long, hard day at work, and you usually walk straight into the door, say hi to everyone, kids, whatever, and you go to the fridge and pick. Right, when you open that fridge, think, right, that, that's me, I'm going to pick now. Recognize it, stop. Close the fridge, take a step back, three-minute timer on. So it might be a three-minute timer where you just go and sit down. Pardon me, you go and sit down and you go and chat to your kids for three minutes or you go and sit down and you decide to, I don't know, go and do the washing or go and sort something out. It might be something where you are busy or it might be something where you actually just sit, like taking yourself off to another room and just sitting for three minutes and just feeling all the feelings that you're feeling. After giving yourself that pause, you can then actually start to recognize what you're feeling. It might be, do you know what? I've just had a long, hard day at work and I just feel like I've not had space yet to chill. Sorry, that is the dog. Um, I've just not had space yet to chill. And actually sometimes just recognizing that you just need a few moments before you step in the door to just breathe can be really, really helpful. Now, you might be somebody who literally picks all day long. And I'm going to come on to this later because I feel like this is a slightly, it's a slightly different issue. Um, so just going back to tips on awareness, this won't happen overnight like you don't just become aware of picking and then all of a sudden you stop. Like it can happen because it's a choice and you recognize that what you're picking on is a choice. But for a lot of people, including myself, this will take time and lots of repeated effort and lots of failures. Like you might have picked for years and years and years and it's just going to take a bit of time. And when you do practice this, like if it's something that you really think is really like annoying you, it's preventing you from reaching your goals, then you do need to treat yourself with kindness. Like, please don't expect to get this right straight away. It's going to take time. And if you mess up one day, it doesn't mean that you failed. It's a lesson learned. It's okay. I recognize that I picked then. I really didn't need to. I'll put that in the memory bank just to remember that that might be a trigger to me or that might be an emotion that I've not yet worked out how to deal with. So just to go back to that, tips on awareness. Awareness, pause, own your outcome. Now, owning your outcome is a funny one, right? Because like, what does that mean? Like, oh, I've just walked through the door And I just feel like I haven't chilled out yet from work. So I go and pick on something and that chills me out. Right. So what do we need to recognize that we need there? And what other outcome do we want? Like if there was no food in the house, what else could you do to chill? Like, could you go and sit in your, could you sit in your car for three minutes? Like somebody I know does this a lot. They'll sit in their car for a few minutes after work when they've parked up, sit on the car, sit on the car, sit in their car, turn their engine off 
and just take a couple of minutes just to compose themselves before they go into the house, just to enter the house chilled. You know, they've left all their money stress, money stress, money stress, work stress outside the door and they go in and chill. Brad actually had a really lovely analogy. I can't remember where he got it from, but basically there's something called a worry tree. It's an imaginary worry tree. And every time that you come home from work, you leave all of your worries, like you pin all of your worries on this tree and then you enter the enter the door. So I really like that. But anyway, you need to be able to own what other outcome you want. Now, for example, like knowing what you want, <laughs> it's quite hard sometimes. Like, do I need to chill? Do I need to have some fun? Do I need to laugh a bit? Do I need a bit of connection? Like sometimes you just don't know, but that that's a skill like that comes with awareness that comes with practice and the more that you become aware of how you're feeling and what you need in that moment like they're both you need to explore that like if you're somebody who is on the go all the time da, 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 like you don't stop all day and then you get home and you pick because you just need a moment you just need to chill. There you go. That's recognizing that you need something soothing. You need a moment of peace. You know, you might not even be able to get peace, but you might be able to just go and sit on the toilet for three minutes, you know, and just hide from your kids. Like giving yourself space to chill and just soothe your, you know, central nervous system, essentially. And then for other people, it might be, you know, you might have had a really long, hard day at work, and you come home, and you don't have a partner, and you don't have kids, and you get home, and you feel lonely. And it's recognizing, well, actually, right now, I need a bit of fun, I need a bit of laughter, like, what can I do right here, other than reach for food? You know, I'm gonna laugh at the cheese in the cupboard. No, um, in the cupboard, in the fridge. It would. It might be, well, actually, I'm going to go and join a Zumba class because that's really fun and we have a good laugh. Or I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch Friends, you know, for the 46th time, I'm going to watch that episode that makes me laugh out loud. Or just find, or it might even, do you know what, putting some music on. Sometimes getting home after a long day of work and just putting some loud music on, some music that makes you, you know, dance in the shower, that kind of thing. It can be really... Um, it can be really fun. So just finding out and being really curious to know like, how am I feeling? And what outcome, what other outcome could I have here? Or do I want here other than picking on food, giving yourself the choice to have a different outcome? Um, Okay, let's move on. Here are some really simple practical tips that can help you with picking. And I don't want to say these are rules, they're not rules, but they're just tips and tools that I use with clients that helps them to bring awareness to uh, their food and what they're doing and allows them to bring some stuff into their environment at home to prevent the picking. So one of these tips might be only eat with cutlery and crockery. Crockery? Crockery. So you're not allowed to eat unless you've got a knife and fork or a spoon or it's on a plate. Now, I know that might sound a bit ridiculous, like if you've got a chocolate bar, but like just bringing your awareness by putting it on a plate then creates it creates it into a snack because essentially like you're not just having a piece. I mean, you might just have a piece of chocolate on, but you're not going to go and have a piece of chocolate on, on a plate, sit down, eat it, then go back for more sit down and eat it on the plate and then go back like 
it's pointless have a whole chocolate bar sit down enjoy it on a plate so only eat with cutlery and crockery and I can't say that word right crockery um and this really helps clients that stand in the kitchen and eat you know like just eat, being stood in the kitchen chatting to your partner or just like cooking and eating random grapes or whatever like no you only eat with crockery or cutlery another one only at a table or only sat down so something that I find I do sometimes if I uh, I'll walk to the I walk to the gym my gym's in town so I'll go and you know have a bite to eat in town I might run to M&S or something like that but I always always try to find a bench or some somewhere a step whatever to sit on just to eat this I really try not to walk and eat because obviously if you're walking and eating it's not going to benefit digestion but also like the awareness like have you have you ever just eaten something whilst you're walking and not really felt like you've eaten at all so making sure that you're sat down to eat anything a snack or a meal or if you're gonna pick like just pick and but but when you pick, take that food into your lounge or whatever and sit down. And just doing that might kind of help you to be aware of what you're doing and, and thinking, well, actually, I don't really want this food and I don't want to sit down right now. So what else do I want? Um, another really helpful tip is removing distractions. So uh, we all do it, don't we? We all sit down to eat our lunch and have a scroll. Um, sometimes I'm a nightmare for it, you know, and I really have to tell myself off. So I like to encourage clients to have one mindful meal a day. So that might be breakfast, where they don't have the TV on, they don't look at their phones, they're not doing Wordle <laughs> whilst they're eating breakfast, they're not, you know, at their laptops eating they're having one mindful meal a day and just being mindful of what you're eating, slowing down, tasting what you're eating, feeling the different textures in in your mouth and that kind of thing can be really helpful for you to kind of slow down in life and also just having like a more mindful relationship with food as well. So removing distractions. So if you are somebody who is feeding the kids you know feeding yourself, scrolling on your phone, trying to talk to your husband like quit quit the phone, quit the husband, <laughs> kidding, but, you know, don't, don't be a fool, don't watch TV and eat dinner, sit at a table and mindfully eat, even if it's just once a day, just once, and I know it's hard, I know it's hard, because I'm a nightmare for it, <laughs> but it really, really does help, um, and then another one, another really practical, easy tip is insert a non-negotiable. So I don't eat other people's food. Make that a non-negotiable. Like, yes, that includes your kids' leftovers. Don't be that person that says, oh, I can't waste food. Like, okay, if you don't want to waste food, that's fine. Put it in a Tupperware box and put it in the fridge. You are not the garbage bin. Like, you don't need to eat your kids' food it's their food. So having a non-negotiable, I don't eat other people's food. Would you act that way in a restaurant? Like if somebody across the room didn't finish their plate, would you go, oh, don't waste food. So I'll, <laughs> I'll eat your food. No, you wouldn't. Like, I hate using this analogy, like you are not a dog, but you're not, you don't eat, like, don't treat yourself that way. Like don't eat other people's scraps. It's not your food. If your kid doesn't finish their plate, that's fine 
put the food in a Tupperware box or whatever, save it for them for the next day or add it to your dinner if you're really that worried. But don't pick. It's a non-negotiable. Make it a non-negotiable. The final practical tip I had is make sure you're well fueled. Are you actually eating enough? And this is one of the things that I'm going to get on to now, which I see is a contributor to people who are like pickers. Um, what's that thing? Like little little pickers wear bigger knickers? Something like that? Big pickers wear bigger knickers? I don't know. <laughs> Google it. Um, so let's go on to like, are you actually eating enough? Because this, the, honestly... I cannot tell you how many times I have this conversation with new clients, old clients, people who are interested in coaching, and they'll say to me, oh, I just can't stop picking. And then I, when I actually talk to them about what they're eating, I'm like, I'm like, of course you can't stop picking. You're not eating enough. So I'm going to give you the busy woman scenario. This busy woman does not sit down. She's constantly running around, doing a job, a chore, the school run, surviving on coffee and tea. She doesn't sit down at all. She has dips in energy and doesn't stop. She just grabs something on the go. All day, every day, she's picking, picking, picking. She never feels satiated, so she never feels full. But she also says that she never feels hungry. And a lot of women that do this, who are busy, 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 say, oh, I just never get hungry, so I don't eat, so I pick instead. And I just want to highlight, like, if you're never feeling hungry or satiated, that is not a good thing. I think some people wear it like a like a badge, like, oh, I don't get hungry, so I'm a miracle. Like, no, not getting hungry means there's something not going on right with your body. Like, hunger signals are important. So just because you're not getting hungry doesn't make you a, you a winner at all. It means that something's not going on right in your body. And you need to make sure that you're supporting that because for a healthy life, in the future, to have, you know, healthy, prosperous life, to support your wellness as a woman as you get older, you need to make sure that you are eating enough to support your body. I read a study the other day that was actually talking about exercise um, and resistance training, but it talked about sarcopenia. If you don't know what sarcopenia is, it's basically muscle wastage. And after the age of 30, I think it said it goes up by three, five percent. And as it go, as you go on to like 50s, 60s, it goes up to 20 percent. And obviously resistance training is a huge part of retaining muscle. But also so is eating enough food and eating enough protein. So if you want to make sure that you are healthy for life, you know, if you want to be a grandma one day, you need to make sure that you're eating proper meals and you're fueling your body. So for a lot of these women that say, you know, I don't feel hungry. You've probably got a lot of other stuff going on. You're in fight or flight mode all the time. But also with these women that say, and men, by the way, not just women, all humans of any sex and gender, um, they will say they're not hungry. They'll pick or, they'll pick or you know, hardly ever eat. But then we'll, we'll have moments where they overindulge massively or they drink. So, and again, these aren't great ways to support our health. So one of the things that I need to highlight here is, as human beings, we need to make sure we support our HEC, which stands for hunger, energy, and cravings. People think cravings are a bad thing. They're not. They're not. It's part of human nature. So to support our hunger, energy, and cravings, 
that for that busy busy woman scenario, we need to actually be making sure that we're eating regular meals and snacks to support our energy levels. Which means that for women like this, <laughs> I'll say to them, you need to be eating three meals and like two to three snacks a day. And the first initial reaction for people like this is, I can't possibly do that. It's too much food. Now, when you first get into eating like this and eating regular meals, yes, you're going to feel bloated. Yes, you're going to feel probably a little bit tired to begin with. Yes, you're probably going to feel like you're eating stuff and you you don't really want it. But there will be a turning point where actually your body starts to really enjoy the energy it's getting. And hey, presto, you're sleeping better. You feel like you've got more energy. You're showing up to work in full form. You don't feel like you're constantly living off a drained battery. So whilst, yes, there will be a period of time where you've gone from hardly eating anything and drinking wine every night or, you know, having a takeaway every other day or, you know, whatever, living off chocolate, there will be a point where you will eat you know, balanced meals, we're feeling really bloated, then there'll come a point where you go, actually, oh God, I feel loads better. And now I'm getting hungry for meals and actually it feels quite nice. So you need to give it time and it will happen. But this will mean that you will result in looking after your body for the long term. Now, one really helpful tip for these people, if this if, if this is you, if you are a busy woman and you are constantly picking and you're not fueling yourself properly, eating three meals and two to three snacks per day might seem like, oh my God, that's too much. And how the hell am I going to fit that in? So one thing I would really encourage you to do is set meal times to begin with. This is something that I don't really like doing with clients like you must eat at 8am because I like them to have autonomy over what they eat and also when they eat because I feel like hunger levels change every day they definitely do for me and I might wake up some days really hungry and might wake up other days not that hungry so I will eat breakfast when I'm hungry but for people who don't have any regular eating patterns whatsoever and are continuously picking on food actually setting meal times is really key because it just I don't want to say kickstart their metabolism because that's a a crock of shit but it will kickstart your appetite again, essentially. Um, because if you have some food uh, and a, an amount of food that's bigger than picking and your body then digests that, it's going to get used to that. Oh, I've got nothing left, left in my digestive system. Oh, my energy is getting a bit low. Oh, I probably need to eat now. So all of those regular kind of hunger and appetite cues are going to come in. Um, so setting meal times eat something small. So when I say eat three meals, I don't mean like you've got to eat porridge for breakfast and then like, I don't know, jacket potato, beans and cheese for lunch and then lasagna and garlic bread for dinner. Like I don't mean you need to eat huge meals. Like you could literally eat a small meal. You could have a slice of toast to begin with. And then for lunch, you could have some soup and some more bread but you know you you can have small things you could have a small salad 
something I'm finding really helpful in the afternoon at the moment actually is having a really love um, salmon and actually just having half a fillet of salmon pre-cooked because who can be asked to cook it in the middle of the day pre-cooked half a piece of salmon bit of hummus and some lettuce leaves and half a wrap like half of all these things but I don't want a full meal I want a snack I actually really like the combination of those foods so that to me is a snack for somebody else that might be a small meal so you know just having half of something you don't have to have a full chicken breast you could have half a chicken breast so start small don't be afraid to reduce your um meal meal sizes and your portions and I've got one friend actually who very much, I think she probably eats about six, seven meals a day, but they're all really small portions because that's just the way that she like functions really well, you know? So don't be afraid to reduce your, your portion sizes. So when I say eat three balanced meals per day and two to three snacks, they can be small meals. And when I say balanced, I mean like balanced macros so having some protein having some carbs and having some fats so for example the slice of toast probably isn't going to tick the protein box but it will do for now like you have to work these things in stages um so yeah and then keep practicing this so have some structured meal times be like right 7 a.m that's when the kids eat breakfast i'm gonna have a slice of toast with them 12 p.m that's when i finish my shift at the hospital Everybody usually goes for lunch then. I'm just going to go and have like half a sandwich and some apple with everyone else. And then 3 p.m. my kids get home from school. So I'm going to have a snack with them. You know, I might have some carrots and hummus. And then dinner time I'm going to have. So it's about making it achievable for you. Break the meals down, make them smaller and that kind of thing. But one thing you like a lot of people use car analogies and I do like a car analogy, but one thing you need to kind of think about is if you were to constantly like top your car up with five pounds of petrol or diesel, like think about the, um, what's the word efficiency of your card, card, car, like your car is going to be way less efficient surviving on five pounds of fuel all the time. Whereas if you go and fill up a tank, it's going to be well more, you know, so much more fuel efficient. So try and think of yourself a little bit like that as well. Like you're better off fuel, fueling up, <laughs> topping up on more petrol than you are just chipping away all day. And also you'll spend less. Um, if you can hear clicking in the background, it is my house. I live in a old terrace house and sometimes the heating likes to creak. Um, anyway, <sighs> Without further ado, <laughs> let's get on to another. I've got two more tips for you today. Um, so just going back to the tips that I've suggested, I've said tips on awareness. So having awareness of what you're doing, pause and owning your outcome. Your practical tips like eating with cutlery, m- removing distractions, making sure you're sat down. The busy woman scenario. So making sure that you're actually eating meals not just picking and giving yourself the time and space to sit down. Next up, we've got eating enough in main meals. So again, this is a really um, another common trait that I see with clients is, oh, I can't stop picking in between meals. And actually that is because the client hasn't eaten enough in their meals or their snacks. And perhaps they're just used to following like really, like a really low calorie meal plan, or they've had years of thinking they need to eat like a rabbit. So I'm laughing because that used to be me. I used to be like, okay, I'm just going to take a salad into work and that's it. 
And like by like two o'clock, I'd be like <laughs> at the vending machine, like feed me. Um, so they might eat like a rabbit. So they have soup for lunch and pick on biscuits all afternoon, for example. That would have been me. Um, or potentially like they're grabbing a piece of fruit as a snack. This is quite common. So you grab a piece of fruit for a snack after lunch and between dinner. And then when you actually get home, you pick and pick and pick because that satsuma that you had at four o'clock, <laughs> shock horror, did not fill you up for your eight o'clock dinner. <laughs> so like having a substantial snack can be really important enough as well. Like, you know, let's put you in that scenario. You've eaten your lunch at 12. At 4 p.m. you have a satsuma and then you're not having dinner until eight. Like, a satsuma is not going to tie you over for four hours so no wonder you're walking through the door you know at five six o'clock after work and like oh my god I'm so hungry like you need to have a substantial snack as well so one of the things the tips I can give you here is to actually recognize the times of day you pick so if it's a really common thing for you that just after lunch a couple of hours after lunch that you find yourself going to pick ask yourself am I actually hungry and you can recognize, obviously, hunger with like a rumbly stomach. But sometimes that type of hunger is like too far gone. And sometimes we don't get to that level of hunger yet. But it's okay to eat before you get to rumbly stomach time. So recognizing that you're hungry, it might just feel like you've got a bit of empty stomach feeling. Like you kind of just need to eat something. Or you feel like low in energy and mental energy as well like sometimes I definitely know in the afternoon I'll get to a point where I'm like do you know what I'm not like starving hungry but I feel like I need to eat something to help me like carry on for the rest of the day so recognizing that you're hungry um and increasing the size of your meals so that might mean that you increase a particular macro in your meal so say for example let's go back to the soup let's say for example you're so used to having just soup for lunch and then by the afternoon you've picked on loads of biscuits like is that soup enough like have you just had a vegetable soup is that it like in essence that's just going to be veg vegetables like that's not even really a macro like whilst it might be carbohydrates it's not enough carbohydrates to provide us with enough energy. So you might need, you know, a wholemeal roll with that, with some butter, there's your fats. And then you actually might need some protein with that. So you might have, you know, a tuna sandwich and a bowl of soup. So recognizing that actually, am I having a balanced meal? Or have I hit my macros? Like have, when I say, I'm like rolling my eyes when I say that, like it's, <laughs> I, anyway, that's another topic. But when I say macros, I mean like, are you having a balanced portion of proteins, carbs and fats? And if you're not, that might be something that you need to do to help support your main meals so that you're not picking in between your meals and snacks. Um, and just honestly, for some people, you need to increase your portion size. Like some clients, they'll send me pictures of their meals. I'm like, is that for your baby or is that for you? <laughs> like you're a woman who's doing 15,000 steps a day. You're training at the gym three, four times a week and you're eating that as your lunch. Like where's the rest of it? Like you need to fuel your body. So really recognizing that actually eating enough 
is important. And guess what? Like if you've made too much food, hello, you can just stop eating. You can save it for later. You can take it home with you. Like you don't have to eat it all. And something that this is a really clever idea, I must say so myself, but something that I used to do when I was kind of trying to uh, restore my relationship with food, when I was moving away from tracking, I was like, okay, obviously I'm not going to be able to track my portion size anymore. And I kind of can kind of eyeball it up, but some days I'm really hungry. So I'm going to eat what I think I need. I'm going to, sorry, portion up what I think I need. But once I'm full, I'm just going to put that plate to the side and come back to it later. So something I used to do, and I actually do this still quite a lot, is um, I'll make a lunch and like I'll get halfway in and I'm like, do you know what? I'm actually really full now. Save that lunch for later on. And at three, four o'clock, when you get those hungry half an hours or hours in between uh, lunch and dinner, uh, you eat eat your lunch again. You go back for the second round. So recognising... Sorry, my boyfriend's just walked in and I'm recording a podcast. I'll get it ready to go. Okay. <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay, he has left the room. I was sat downstairs in a lounge recording. Basically, I'm trying out different rooms at the moment to record the podcast because I felt like the other room I was sat in was really tiddy. So I sat in the lounge whilst Brad was walking the dog. And then he comes back. The dog's in the lounge. Okay, fine. I go upstairs to the bedroom, record in the bedroom because there's soft furnishings in here and sometimes that can help with audio. He comes upstairs to get his jujitsu uniform. Uniform? You know what I mean. (sighs) Breathe. Okay, let's get back to it. We're almost done, I promise. And I realise this is quite a long podcast now about a very small topic, but it's also quite a huge topic. Um, So obviously recognising that you're hungry and actually eating enough in your main meals. The final, final tip I'm going to give you is very much around like the emotional fitness stuff. And this is um, something that's called HALT. HALT, like that, H-A-L-T. And one question that you can ask yourself, a self-inquiry question, is HALT, basically. And this stands for, H is for hungry. Am I hungry? So am I going to pick because I'm hungry? If yes, eat a meal or snack. A, am I angry? If you're angry, finding alternative ways to, you know, relieve that anger. Is it through soothing methods? Like, do you need to go and run yourself a nice bath or go for a nice walk? Or do you need like invigorating such as punching your pillow and screaming in your car and that kind of thing? L is for lonely. So recognizing that you're actually feeling lonely and finding ways to connect with yourself or with others. So you could phone a friend, like they say on He Wants to Be a Millionaire, or, you know, find a hobby that actually helps you to connect connect with yourself. And something I started doing is like a paint by numbers thing. And I know it sounds really simple, but just getting into that flow state really helps me to feel like connected with myself. And like, even though it's a hobby that I do on my own, like I don't feel lonely, very weird. Um, And then finally, T. So we've got H-A-L-T. T is for tired. So recognizing you are tired. And what do you do when you're tired? You go to bed. Or if it's not bedtime, you chill. And when I say chill, like I have been a nightmare for this in the past and I have to be really strict with myself. But chilling is productive. Like rest is productive. But you need to make sure you're actually fully having rest. So sometimes like 
I'll be like, right, I'm just going to have half an hour to chill. And before I know it, I'm on Instagram, creating the social media content and replying back to clients and it's not really chilling. So like being really strict with yourself and just recognizing I'm really tired. I actually need this time to just completely chill, relax, unwind, have no distractions, maybe just sit and watch Netflix and just really zone out or get into that flow state where you can actually chill the fuck out, you know? Because if you're constantly like distracted in your flow state, if you're constantly feeling distracted whilst you're trying to chill, you're not chilling, essentially. So you're not going to fill your cup. So the final question, the final like self-inquiry question to ask yourself is halt, you know, halt a second when you're picking. Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Recognizing your emotion or the feelings that you're feeling and choosing a different outcome. So, you know, a bit like the awareness stuff. This is very much alongside the awareness stuff. Recognizing what you're feeling. And if it's one of those, like coming up with a different outcome. Obviously, if it's hunger, <laughs> eat a meal or, or a snack. And like, don't be afraid to go outside of your meal times. For example, sometimes I will eat dinner at 6 p.m. and sometimes I'll eat dinner at 8 p.m. And it really just depends on when I'm hungry. So I don't like force myself to go another two hours unless you know we're going out for dinner or something like that so on that note we've got to the end of the uh, picking and I just really hope that's helped you in some way because I realize it's you know something that a lot of people struggle with it's very very common some for some people it can feel like it's never going to go away it's a habit like you've you feel broken, but I trust me, you're not. You just need to recognize what you're doing, being aware of what you're doing and asking yourself, like, am I, am I truly, like, am I truly hungry? And if I'm not, what do I need right here? Like, what other outcome can I choose? Or if you are truly hungry, like, am I fueling myself? So I do encourage you to like, go back and listen to this podcast from time to time, like if it's something that you do struggle with, like sometimes I find if I listen to a podcast once, I haven't picked everything up. But if I listen to it a couple of times through, I go back and I pick stuff up that maybe I didn't hear on the first time round. So if this has helped you today, please share it with others through your social media account, tag me in it. It really, really helps me with engagement and it helps me, you know, it helps me help others essentially. Like I want to be able to help as many people as I can. And I appreciate not everybody can afford coaching. So I want to help more people. So by you sharing this on your social media, your Instagram, your Facebook, through email, like the more people I can help. And I just hope that I can help lots of people through this podcast. Anyway, without further ado, <laughs> um, I do hope you've enjoyed that please share, please like, please subscribe and please fill me in. Like if something has really just like hit the nail on the head for you with this podcast and you're like, oh my God, you have spoken my language. Please let me know, reach out to me, tell me what you think has helped you or what you think might help you and get back to me. Like, let me know, how did you go after two weeks of eating enough? Like, did you feel better? Did you stop picking? How did you go after applying the HALT method? Did you realize that actually you were eating when you were, you were, you were picking when you were angry? Like, what have you done to resolve that? Like, tell me. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast for the 
20 millionth time I've said it. And I'm going now. Goodbye.